Hacks Season 2. I love Hacks. This was so good. Uh, Right? So good. So good. Fantastic. And I was a little concerned. I don't know, you know, Season 2, we love Season 1. Season 2 is never good for any Uh, show. It was honestly better than the first season for me. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, yes. That's an impossible, yes, it's an impossible feat. It is. It I is. I loved it so much. I'm so glad to hear you did too because we did not talk at all. I wanted to text you as soon as I finished. I wanted to be like, oh my God. I know. That I was know. amazing. That I was know. amazing. And I just, I love Deborah Vance. Mm. I just, I mean, yeah, how could I you don't know. know. Maybe I have a thing for these, you know, <laughs> really <laughs> ambitious women who also don't do well with their feelings and yeah. are terribly maternal. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Just, just guessing here. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, really she speaks does, to me. Yeah, she does hit your core. <laughs> she does. I think a, a lot, and she doesn't in the same way for me. And yet, I love her. Yeah, I love yeah. her. There is oh, see, so, so much to love. Good. Yeah, yeah. In an odd way, this is. I just realized this. She's almost aspirational to me. <laughs> like I actually like for you, it's like everything I don't want to be anymore, or like I want to move away from. And for me, right. it's like everything I want to move towards, which oh, is so way. weird, right? But yeah. Wow. Yeah. You want to move towards Deborah Vance? I got well, I got to hear more about this. Uh, well, I, ju- I just came up with it on the f- in the <laughs> moment, so I don't have anything flushed out there. But I think we can unpack it as we go. But yeah, it doesn't. It make sense? You know, I'm always mm-hmm. like, I my needs come. <gasps> dead last in life Mm -hmm. and I would Mm -hmm. never do so many things she does and I don't know I'm kind of like is it that big of a deal just fucking do it (laughs) right the bitch is back like oh so good when that music came on I was like oh yeah no you're right she she could be aspirational for you for me yes like and it's all about you know art we'll talk about this more but it's all about minuscule movement Mm -hmm. that feels like huge growth okay let me start with Mm -hmm. on the surface we talked about this when we did just the episode one this is about deborah vance's career hitting rock bottom episode one everything is just in the shitter for her in the completely in the shitter and then Mm -hmm. we knew they started us on the journey in episode one to fighting to have her career back from her rock bottom throughout the season so we knew that was coming but because this show is so freaking good and so smart it's also about her personal and emotional rock bottom Mm -hmm. she realizes that she's kind of been selfish maybe a narcissist I think egomaniac is thrown around in there and that rock bottom comes at the midpoint of the show at the end of episode four on the on the cruise so then we have the second half of the season to watch her really redeem herself and there's true growth in this character and it's true growth in that she is not going to like fly home and take DJ into her arms and be like I'm so sorry I wasn't the mother you needed she wasn't gonna say forget my career it's all about life now I want to be home with grandbabies that's not Deborah Vance and if they had done that we would have been like what the fuck am I watching? But Deborah Vance, how do you keep her growing? You have her decide to bully herself. Mm-hmm. You have her keep Jimmy as her manager. Yeah. You have her fire Ava. We're going to talk about all that. But yes. that's real. And like, even even at the end, 
wearing DJ's bracelet. That's yes. gross. That yes. that little not motherhood nod. Yes. You know? Even though she also says it turned my wrist black. Because it's <laughs> like, it she's sucks. still Vance. Yes. And she's still a mother who says shit like that to her daughter, which we all have heard from our mothers. Yes. You know, the, that little dig, yep. even though it was a very touching gesture. Kind gesture. <laughs> yes. As you're saying, she's still Deborah Vance, but yeah. Yeah. that even little bit in terms of motherhood was growth. Felt very real. And yeah, yet also completely not who she would have been before. So different. Yes. Yes. And then, and how Ava helps in her growth, Mm -hmm. you know, that they, I love to use our word, but they really start to see each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that terrible email that she was so afraid was going to come out once it does, which by the way, happens right away, which is interesting because I thought maybe they were going to. I'm so glad they didn't because when they did use it hanging in episode two, with the psychic, I was like, I'm not interested. I'm like, right. I'm kind of bored by this. So I'm so yes, glad they exactly did that. Exactly, that they got rid of that right away. And then, but that, but by having her have to read the ugly thing mm. she said about her, that then helped Deborah say, like, I thought you could write for me because, you know, you, you just got, got me. me. You, know, you are me. You know, you are me. You're self, just as selfish and just as cruel. And so once they, you know, she sort of saw her, yeah. then they they did act as sort of mirrors for each other. And in that growth of Deborah's, there's also the growth for Ava. And it's it's the two of them together that are helping each other see, which that I just, and I loved, again, season one, I loved, I think I said what one was their intergenerational yes. humor yep. and mm-hmm. all that. And, but now it's like they're, their romance almost yes, that yes. really really helps them both grow and again just like Deborah, Ava's is she's still Ava I mean yeah. she's still yes herself but you do see some progress for her well, they um, want to have more seasons is there somewhere you want to start first because four, four, we see the height of her narcissism, yes. right? We see the yes. heart of, like, she is first pissed that she's on a gay cruise when she realizes the gay, because the gays are her people, but she realizes the yeah. gays are lesbians. So yes, exactly. And she's so mad. By the way, we do need to say how funny the show is. Like, oh. It's so funny. So, so funny. Fun. So this, the cruise was really, so she is pissed about it, but then she gets on and she's like, all right, maybe I can, Ava has a heart to heart with her, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could be also, you know, gay and attracted to women and because things have been so unsatisfying with men. And they had that, that was kind funny, of heart to heart. Yes. That was supposed to be a heart to heart. But yes. again, course, an intergenerational in their- type dialogue because she's trying to explain what we all know now is more fluid and mm-hmm. you know, it's not a choice, but it's still it's still something you can explore. And she's just like yeah, well, yeah. back in my day, you, yeah. you know, you either liked yep. one or the other. And yes. that turned out funny, even though Ava was trying to be serious. You're like, do you even know your number on the Kinsey scale? Yeah. She's just like, what are you talking about? That was so good. Yeah. yeah. But then, so she realizes maybe she can, like, use some of this. You all love me. I'm attractive. This is going to kind of work to my benefit. And then she goes too far with it. And it was so, it was such a high to such a low because mm-hmm. she had that moment where she's singing... 
you make me feel like, feel a, like natural a natural woman, woman. and mm-hmm. every which was great by the way she's a great scene yeah. and everyone loves her and they're singing along so now she's all oh i got these people you know they're yeah. you know in the palm of my hand and then just just bombs just yeah bombs. and the part of the problem is that she thinks that that's a thing like having people yeah. in the palm of your hand is not a thing no <laughs> like exactly they, they liked you when you did that performance and then you were not nice to them and they don't like you you don't just get a status and stay there it's a interaction it's a whole dynamic and so it has right. to be constantly tended to and she yes. was not interested in that she did their shoulder oh, yeah. <laughs> like showing her so shoulder cringy yeah, yeah because she got some adoration from yeah. them when she was doing that and then she thinks she can use it yes. for her advantage o- over and over she, as opposed over to like over really being there with them right so then they voted her off which i also yes. thought was hilarious so she got good. voted off the boat so good and like they have to like in their lower them down <laughs> yes. that in thing. the tender and oh my she's gosh like screaming at them mm-hmm. oh god so and she throws her jeggings or whatever at her yeah. woman so like that was rock bottom yeah and that was rock yeah. bottom for everyone right that was marcus right. and the dog which was terrible yes. at the oh, club the oh so sad and ava yeah. didn't want to leave also it, you know she, she knew she had to but she was like mm-hmm. like oh, i'm about to hook up this is good yeah <laughs> exactly. good time. so it was a rock bottom for everyone in the beginning of five we're still in rock bottom to me because yeah then she gets bumped by a cow so yeah. a cow giving birth. So then yeah. she's like, where have I now? Yeah, that's but that's where she starts to get real honest. After it, yes. No, she starts being honest no, even before then. Susan, right? Yeah. She talks oh, yeah, about yeah. how she bumped mm-hmm. how she bumped Susan yes. and how she feels terrible. Like, that's mm-hmm. the first time we know that she's felt bad about anything. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, this is a friend of hers that yeah. didn't make it in comedy and she's starting to feel responsible. She actually, you're right, has guilt that yeah. she pulled her name out. They were in some competition yeah. and she thought there was only room for one woman. And so that also shows how ruthless yes. she can be. Yeah. But she does have real remorse. I mean, but again, Deborah type remorse because mm-hmm. Ava's like, oh, are you, you know, do you, you should apologize or talk to her. And she's like, no, hey, I'll, I'll just take her. Yeah, I'll just take her and her grandsons to the to a, treat him to a big day. I mean, how much could it cost? 47 bucks. <laughs> you know, it's like. So she's also just mocking this, you know, yes. middle America, state yes. fair type. Still on brand, but starting to kind of build herself up from this this rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. So do we want to talk about that? Because that was also, oh, I yeah. thought, a really interesting one. It opened her eyes to another way of being. Yes. I got a little nervous that maybe she was going to fly home and say, DJ, let me oh, help you yeah. with your... IVF could be I never thought that ever well because well, Susan was saying yeah. you know like I didn't I wanted to be a different kind of mother I didn't want to be yeah. like you basically was, yeah what she says is you didn't ruin my career really meaning not by taking my name out I left for for you for a different reason I yeah. saw what was happening with you and and your career and DJ had gotten a concussion, had a concussion. and you didn't even know and Deborah doesn't even remember Mm-hmm. I mean, she's yeah. like, I don't even know what you're talking about because DJ had gotten some vodka. I mean, this is not a good story. No. Of, okay. And she was And yet, found that's out what she, Deborah yeah. remembers. Deborah remembers her being on top and cutting yeah. Susan out and like how good that was of her to be that ruthless, but also how sad it is maybe that she had to be that way. But she doesn't, this is a completely different story. <laughs> These right. are like people who are in the exact same place with full memories of very different things, which I yeah. find 
fascinating about life. Yes, yes. yes. And so then she was saying, you know, I saw you, you were, you know, what it would take. And Mm -hmm. I had just found out I was pregnant. And she said, I saw the sacrifices you were making to have a daughter on the road. I had a vision of the kind of person who, who had to, who I would have had to be. You were a shark, she calls her. And so that's, you know, I, I read an, in, an interview with um, the three creators, with Lucia Anello, Jen Stotsky, and Paul Downs about this episode. Okay. And yeah, and they, they were saying that this was one where they wanted to explore, you know, the people who, you know, in any business, but a lot in, in, in show business or anything with the person who doesn't make it, right? And mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you run into that person, like a Susan, who's now working at Lord & Taylor in the shoe department, mm-hmm. and you had both once been doing the same thing and yeah. pursuing the same goals, and people go in different directions and they said we thought that was really interesting thing to explore both from Deborah's point of view someone who was a shark and so devoted to her craft but also from the perspective of someone who said I just didn't want to do it maybe I couldn't have down Paul down said then he said it's also that thing of what is behind the choices one makes in one's life what does it take to make it quote-unquote make it and does that mean you're doing good or does that mean you're mentally unwell? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. What are the sacrifices we all make in any career? And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is something I think about all the time and have said to people about making partner in a law firm, right? Mm-hmm. When you very few people make it. And are those people doing good, as he mm-hmm. says, or is there actually something wrong with us? And I've <laughs> legitimately had this <laughs> thought because, you know, I guess the people who make it are the ones who quote unquote win, but all those people who didn't, I don't know, did they maybe win? Mm-hmm. Um, or because they were forced to make other choices or ask what they really want. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, also the type of person it takes to make it, there is something a little wrong with us. I mean, there is. Mm-hmm. And I, I've tried, it's not a great party line in a law firm when, when you ask, telling someone when you're firing someone and I've literally been like no this is sort of a compliment I mean if you don't have what this takes it's probably a good thing I mean it means you know you you have other skills that are gonna you know hopefully bring you somewhere where you'll be much happier but it also made me think of our conversation offline shocker Mm, yeah about (laughs) tolerance and what does it mean to have a high Mm. tolerance Mm -hmm. for pain or struggle because Someone could look at Deborah and say, well, look what she had to endure and overcome to make it, in, particularly in her day and age. And as a female, she has a high tolerance. Mm-hmm. But does she also, does it really mean she has a high ability to avoid things <laughs> like her feelings or yes. her daughter or her, <laughs> her maternal responsibilities, right? Like yeah. she does not have a high tolerance for feelings no. and emotional no. things. No, so none. She's, uh, she seems to zero. zero. <laughs> right. So I don't know. This whole conversation with Susan, I was like, hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think you have hit on exactly what they – I mean, obviously, they're saying that that's what they intended Mm -hmm. to do. And I think it was so beautifully and effortlessly done, even without knowing what was behind it for them. Yeah. I think it was very clear that these were very different choices. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't a matter of, for Susan, like, I couldn't have. Maybe she couldn't have. We don't know. We don't know. But although Deborah says over and over, you were funny. Yeah, Yeah, you were funny. Yeah. Yeah, But that she didn't want to. 
and that that is a different choice and that that is like that would not have made me happy I couldn't have neglected everything else and and we know from the very beginning of Hacks season one Deborah's Mm -hmm. very very alone very alone and and Mm -hmm. it seems to kind of suit her and it certainly works for her career and she's managed Mm -hmm. to get where she's gotten and beat all of the odds in one way but in another way where does that leave her and for you know to keep it with this for the sake of Susan she was like I just never wanted that there's just I would much rather be selling shoes at you know Lord and Taylor in the middle of the country and have my family and have my whole life and have a bigger life than than such a narrow world yeah it was so and what makes people happy yeah she Lucia said it does beg the question of am I happy with how things turned out for me I don't think for everybody having success or professional success or commercial success or whatever necessarily equates to oh I'm happy now and that's the thing I think that even though Deborah is lonely I do think they're both at the places that they probably want to be and are and are happy with i mean she does say later in that episode deborah like i like the work i mean she does like she does yeah Yeah. and but i loved seeing like the two paths yeah it's fascinating it's fascinating when when two people have such different recollections and both of them are completely right true Nobody was telling, like, there was nothing false about mm-hmm. either one of their narratives. Like, yeah. Deborah did wipe her name off. Susan did not advance, and she did quit. There, it was absolutely truthful. And yet, Susan's point of view is completely, and her recollection is completely different. And no yeah. less untrue, but... Yeah. Yeah, no less true. And that same episode, I mean, there's a lot about sort of devotion to work and and Mm. you know when the guy's doing that caricature of Marcus and Ava and they literally can't give name oh any hobbies which also hi yeah like years ago this is years ago at this point I one of my new year's resolutions was to find a hobby Mm. I was like I don't have a single hobby yeah and so I and then Ava does say you know to to Deborah like I'm the same way like I can't turn it off either nothing matters more and there is a lot for throughout that these episodes but this one in particular and Marcus is a great example of just yeah. you know how much you put into the work and yeah. and not tend to the other aspects of your life so I have a question though do you think it is because they are younger that than Deborah that they are more mm. pliable because I feel like the changes with Marcus and Ava are more almost not immediate, they're not, but mm-hmm. they can, they they seem to pivot quicker and Deborah can't. And is that because Deborah is more excellent or because Ava and Marcus are younger? Right? I, it's would, a, I know, I don't it's know. It's a good question. I, it is a good question. I do think the age is a big factor, but it, it could also be because Deborah's Deborah. I mean, yeah. But Ava yeah. is Deborah too, and Marcus is I Deborah too. too. They all yes, are. They, they all, all are. Yeah. But they can see it and go, no, I don't really, I don't want that for myself. They're having a yeah. little bit more of a Susan moment later on. Like, I don't want that right. for myself. I don't want this yes. to, to only be it. Because let me tell you, when you show up at a state fair in the middle of America and you tell the guy who's asking about your hobbies that you're the CEO of 
of them, like multimedia. Entertainment, yes. Yeah, or like, also yeah. that you're at the club trying to pick up a guy and for Marcus and also not that impressed. Was hilarious. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so they very they have very real realizations that this is not what I want. And maybe yeah. Deborah it's hard to tell. Is this truly what Deborah wants or is it just that she can't it's too late for her to imagine anything else? I'm never of the too late mind, but I don't yeah. know. I guess we'll see. I guess so. I guess, I guess so. We'll see. I mean this episode I, I just thought this is one of my favorite episodes. And yeah. then it ends with her teaching Ava to float in oh, the pool. Oh my God, that's where I was going with this. Yeah. That scene was amazing. <sighs> amazing. So they can't land the manager joke. They're working it out, which was so good. By the way, any show that's trying to like work out comedy, it's never funny because, and it's always a little bit, like you wouldn't really laugh that hard at some of these jokes that they're trying to work out if you were at a stand-up show and like hearing mm-hmm. these jokes. They're not... They're not like stand up, laugh out loud, you know, funny, but they really work in the narrative and that makes them funny. And also Mm -hmm. these two women sell them fucking like QVC. It's amazing, (laughs) right? Nice, Corinne. Yeah. Sell it like QVC. Yeah. yeah. Like Deborah Vance selling a jegging. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So they're they're trying to work out the manager joke and how it's going to work and it's not landing and they've. They've really threat the writers have threaded it through this the episode and we we kind of hope it's gonna land at some point. And then it's not, and they get in the pool and she makes Ava float. And they work it out this way where she's got a part of her mind that's and I do stuff like this too, like driving. I mean everybody does it, but I like purposely I'm like, okay, I got I gotta go for a walk, yeah. I gotta go for a drive. Oh, me too. I gotta you turn off that. part of my brain to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And that's when she she figured they while her part of her brain is worried about surviving and not drowning and floating she they figure out the manager joke and they it doesn't work right away right they take a couple shots and then they get it it was just beautiful I just to me was like trust surrender yes flea bag surrender also learning to be float on your own Mm. you know she once they figure out the joke deborah runs away to go write it down and let's go but that's a a metaphor for the whole show too you Mm. know deborah has to leave ava yeah ava's got to figure out how to make it on her own which will come full circle at the end yes i think as at that point though i was like it was more deborah narcissism i'm like of course she doesn't care that ava might drown she's got to write her joke down she finally got it (laughs) 100% then but then now by the end I'm like ah but even then you know she she was it's true but in that moment I did not know the full circle nature of it but I was like oh but look at that Ava Ava's can do it doing it yes yeah she's doing it herself and then it reminded me that I don't know how to float and someone needs to teach me we I cannot float in a pool I can't I think that is also we are not putting Kate on the couch right now okay all right I feel as if that is something though like can't let go can't oh absolutely yeah like this is what else did you think it was well I don't know just like floating is something you actually don't have to be taught it is something that you should be able to just just exactly (laughs) you just are supposed to lay there right and and the water keeps you up unless you're letting all your shit drag you down I did not know this. Mm -hmm. I did not know this. And I've had a pool my whole life, people. Let's just be clear. Right. You swim. Yeah, this isn't a case of, oh, I'm just having. Yeah, not only do I swim, though. I mean, I have literally every house I've ever lived in has had a pool. So it's not like I didn't have access to learn how to float. 
Yeah, just no, for the record. no, no, no. That's why I'm saying it's about not about swimming because you can swim, the, but yeah. swimming is effort mm-hmm. and floating is letting go and surrendering mm-hmm. and trusting. Yes. And yes. wow, wow. Mm-hmm. I had That's no idea. That's going to be on my list for this summer after this episode. I by the way. think it should be. I think yeah. it should be. I think mm-hmm. that would be a really. And powerful. I will video it and I will, I will <laughs> yes! post it on our, on our social media <gasps> once I figure oh it out. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Kate learning oh. to let go. Oh my God. That is amazing. Okay. <laughs> I'm like really bowled over right now. Yeah, I know. I, really I thought I'd share that here. You heard it first. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it, guys. Okay. Oh, my God. That's going to be a big deal. I'm like, oh my, I, first of all, I'm jealous because I'm like, that's amazing that you can like have that to work on and like focus on. And also like, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Oh God, like, oh, God. Really? I will hunt. When you post the video of you finally floating, you also have to post videos of you not floating. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> then when you post it of you floating, I'm already t- like, can you see my eyes? They're watering. Yes, like, I I'm can. already... Okay. Just that. Oh, boy. Oh, we're going to talk about the that. The pool's open. Don't worry. I can do it. I, I can do it right, <laughs> right? Perfect this. timing. I know. Perfect timing. Yes, exactly. Um, okay. We're going to talk about that, too, in the context of hacks. We're, we'll get back to that. But, I, but before we get to some of the more, I thought, emotional moments, can we mm-hmm. please just pause, take a break, and say about the fact that the one thing that's often missing from these kind of buddy shows mm-hmm. is sexuality <gasps> right I, yeah yeah are them we getting into episode six yeah okay. we, we are we are yeah I um yeah and that is often missing and and it as it should be because frankly the focus is about the mm-hmm. the women and their dynamic and their the bad stuff and the good stuff and their growth between each other and so anything that involves them with other people is a little bit of a diversion from the central conflict and or central arc Mm -hmm. but they did it here and they did it so well do you think how about are you kidding this is like my favorite yeah good how about the fact that she's in her 70s so we oh my god talk about something that's missing not just from buddy dramas or comedies how about just missing period from television and movies is letting a woman in her 70s have like a sex scene that you know I mean with a younger man that's also manages to be this amazing point of vulnerability for yes because we had seen a little bit with Marty in season one yes right love that but this was so different and you're right it's the vulnerability Yes, and that's what I said in season one. Like, I was hoping, it's what I love always about the show is when you get these little moments of vulnerability from Deborah Vance. And you see, and they're always kind of quick. You they, they don't drag them out because, as you said earlier, then it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be consistent with the show or with the character if she was in these extended periods of vulnerability. That's not her. You get little bits where there's cracks, where we get to see inside her and also though and she's drinking beer by the way yeah I and she was like you. oh yeah look hello at this. beer yeah. i remember you <laughs> totally thought of you in our conversation I, about you liking beer and i love that beer. yes i loved that and oh by the way kiki's back love kiki I know. so I know good you love kiki. so good i wanted more kiki honestly yeah i mean but 
I think that's part of the draw, though. I mean, you can't. Mm-hmm. You, I want more of How everything, much? and you just can't. You have to know what to focus on, and that's another thing mm-hmm. I give the writers so much credit for is mm-hmm. knowing that, like giving us a little taste and then knowing where the story really needs to go, not just where maybe we want it to. So Kiki knows that this man is looking at her for, mm-hmm. you know, carnal yeah. reasons not for not your famous yes yeah. and it turns mm-hmm. out he doesn't even know her at all which i thought which was yes mm-hmm. but also she does kind of poke fun at herself a little bit like she is an older woman he is younger do you have a fetish for older women yes <laughs> and then we have the vulnerability with her under the sheets but also not under the sheets i thought it was really hot oh, exactly hot. Her kind of with the sheet wrapped yes. around her her yes. hair is tussled mm-hmm. i'm like deborah love this it was... and he's looking at her like yeah hot. snack and like, yes yes <laughs> tasty <laughs> yes completely and but also affectionately, yes. And but not like I'm falling in love with you. You know, no, it, was, it was like, like one night stand. This is working for me. He's like, "Where'd you get this scar?" Because yeah. he's looking at her yes. leg, and she says, "She tackled a bully for her sister." Mm. And he's like, "Oh, you guys close?" And she's like, <laughs> "And Deborah, but she doesn't say quite as the punchline she always does. She just sort of says it as a fact, like we were until she ran off with my husband. Yeah, because she said that line so many times, but this time it felt more like she was just answering his question. Like, yeah, yeah. But you know? and now I didn't write it down. But isn't this also where she first says it hurt more to like lose some like her career? There was well, she said. I, I, she said, he said, then after that, how could they? Meaning, how right. could they run yeah, off there together? Was some, right. And she oh, says, she said, I think no they space. both felt right. neglected because I cared more about my career than I did about them. It's uh, in that moment yeah. where she says, yeah, I think they just both felt neglected because I cared more about my career than I did about them. Yeah. And that it's a little bit of vulnerability. It's also a little bit of her taking responsibility for her, exactly. her part in it. Yeah. It's not Which cool. It's not okay. Point. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when later, when she, it comes to her after she kills it then on stage by the way post mm-hmm. post her rendezvous but uh. that's when she says i need to make more fun of myself no more woe is me yeah. i was never the butt of the joke i have to admit what i did wrong too and that's exactly what that right well but yeah because that's the thing realize. that was really good ava was kind of coming back to her she was always taking she was always saying these angles but it was more about her being a victim and now yes. it's like i have to bully myself too and yep, that was the, the thing she hadn't done she had yeah. been honest and we you and i keep talking about this circling it in our offline conversations but mm-hmm. the difference between truth and vulnerability she had always mm-hmm. been honest she had always been an open book she'd always told yeah. this is what happened and it's you know but she hadn't had that piece of vulnerability in there. But that episode also has, you know, some of the mommy, yes. the mommy issue stuff. I was a little bit disappointed after we talked about the first episode. There was a lot of DJ in the first episode and a lot of Deborah and DJ and a lot of growth mm-hmm. there. And then it was over. There was none. Yeah. And like not, I, I mean, know. I know that how were they going to do that if, Deborah, uh, DJ's living in the house and Deborah's on the tour bus. How the were road, they going to do yeah. it? Phone calls? I don't know. But they kind of passed the baton with mm-hmm. Ava and her mom. And yes. I loved this. Yeah, they, the mom's they, night out. They passed the mommy <laughs> issues baton. I read another article where Gene Smart said about this. 
episode, like I think they're kind of working out those other relationships with each other. You know, she Mm -hmm. said she's trading one crazy mother for another crazy mother. And I'm trading one screwed up daughter for another sort of screwed up daughter. And that's exactly right, because there's also sort of the mother mothering of Deborah with with Ava. But then the literal mother daughter of Ava and her mom. And, you know, she's. She, her mom is, you know, same as she was in, in the first mm-hmm. season. She's a little neurotic. She's nervous and, you know, kind of crazy and drives Ava insane, mm-hmm. understandably, honestly, at some point. The multi-level marketing scheme, by the way, oh, the, that yes. made me laugh so hard. Yeah. Um, but, but you see that Ava wants to have, like, you know, I'm, desperate to have like a real conversation with her. Yeah. That's what she says to Kiki, like maybe, and then she tries, like maybe we'll go for pancakes or whatever. And then, you know, her mother doesn't wake her up. Yeah. Well, Mom, I thought we were going to go to breakfast. Well, you look so tired. Oh, I look tired while I was sleeping? What, you know, whatever. But, but then there's the part also where her mother says, you know, I just want it when she's trying to pitch her or whatever this thing, product is she's selling. Mm-hmm. You know, she says to Ava, I just wanted you to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's an interesting flip, you know, with the mother wanting the daughter to be proud of mm, her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and so she she does by the end, I think, kind of give her some of that. Like, she's like, oh, you're a girl boss, mom. Yes. And you she's like, that that's on what the T-shirt. They, on the T-shirt. But, but also just she comes, I think, to a, a place, Ava, where she realizes she has to meet her mom yeah. where she is and where their relationship is. Which yes. I personally... I don't know about you, was like mm-hmm. taking a little advice from, okay, yeah. I see. Like maybe just sitting and watching Pretty Woman yeah. is just all you're going to be able to do right now. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. See, now I'd ha- I had a little bit of a different spin on the whole story. It felt like she only wanted, Ava only wanted to do it her way. Like this is yeah. how we mm-hmm. connect. We sit down. Yeah. And basically I, I was like, I thought she was just going to basically interrogate her. Like, why did you do this? Or what about this? And and yeah. she wanted mm-hmm. kind of some answers. She wanted to know like about her and not yeah. so much about the dynamic. And that is... I don't think she would have even been vulnerable, Ava, in that conversation. If she had sat down and done it at breakfast the way she, I think, wanted to. And instead, it came out kind of in the action. I mean, this show is a Mm -hmm. fucking masterclass for anyone who wants to write anything. You know, Mm -hmm. show, don't tell, have the characterization come out through their actions. When she's pitching and the water spills over and... The mother's kind of blaming her, like, "Well, I didn't mm-hmm. know you had this fancy water." water. And meanwhile, it's that's the, everybody knows it has. It's bubbles. been sparkling since the beginning of time, <laughs> you know. But right. it shows their real issues, right? Like that that her mom thinks her daughter's too good for her, or that her daughter thinks she's too good for her, and that she buys into yeah. that a little bit. And also, mm-hmm. Ava saying, "You can't just fucking say sorry." mom you did spill all the shit over my precious notebook can't you just Mm -hmm. say sorry and it's the same thing at the table we get a little taste of it earlier when she's like oh Ava was an only child with Kiki Ava's an only child she was great she was never lonely I made sure she was never lonely and Ava's like I was Mm -hmm. so lonely I used to 
make faces on pillows and to have like friends, friends and yeah. someone to talk to. Yeah. And she's like, oh, whatever. She, it, it, yeah. it makes you, it made you funny it, or an yes. individual. Yeah. Exactly. So or even when she does spill the water on the notebook and her mom, she's like, can't you just say sorry? And then she's like, oh, well, if they're good, you'll, you'll remember, remember them, it. which is something Deborah says to her later. Like, Literally, good, my dad yeah. used to say that to me. If you, yeah, if it was so, something important, you'll remember. You'll remember. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, no, but you're right. That yeah. yeah. And and this was a lot for me of me and my mom. Like very yeah. much so. I mean, I we haven't gotten to this part of the d- dynamic that Ava and her yeah. mom have gotten to, yeah. but I could just project that this is similar. You know, part of I, I talked about it in my real life, well, outside of this with my grandmother passing away and I, with my mom, I've talked about it how like I think everyone in my family had a lot of expectation for me. The first grandchild, the first mm-hmm. person in the family to go to to finish college and really go to college, but finish for sure, and then go to law school. And I think everyone really wanted me to be this exceptional, like make all of our dreams come true kind of person. And by the way, I happily strapped that to my back, happily. Mm-hmm. There was no mm-hmm. – because other people in my family did not. I was happy mm-hmm. to. I wanted that for myself as well. But then you don't think about the disconnect that it creates and the with my grandmother, the resentment that I did not rely on her. And she all she Mm -hmm. wanted was someone who didn't rely on her. And then I didn't. And then she was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I don't know how to control you. I don't know how to. And and control is often just connection gone really wrong. And what she really wanted was connection. And she didn't know how to do that. So she controlled and she couldn't control me. And. I think there's a lot of that with my mom too. Like, I, I wanted say, more for you, a, but but now but I now that you have more, we don't we we're different. Yeah, we're so yeah, and we don't can, can't connect in the same way. It's and so yes. these scenes really on a personal level gutted oh, yeah. me, gutted me in a good oh, way, yeah. in a good way, but really gutted me. So and it's it's the exact same thing for me. Like I said, like I thought I have this same. I would say the same thing as. Ava that I would like to have you know a real conversation but then I think you're right that like Ava what I think that looks like and what I'd actually be able to do are two very different things like I it's nice to say that yeah would I really be able to do it and be vulnerable such that it would be the conversation that I really want it to be and if it isn't it's probably partly my fault too yeah and we talked about it a little bit in Lost Daughter, yeah. right? Like, I yes. was like, I want a more authentic relationship. And we were both like, what does that mean, though? Yeah. And actually, I, How do we do well, that? what I said was, that's fucking scary. <laughs> what I said when you said that, I was like, wait a second, yeah. for real? Yeah. Because that's that right. that is frightening. So I think Ava, you're right, says that. But could she really? And maybe just finally sitting and watching Pretty Woman with her mom is all she can handle, too. And maybe, like I said, it's enough for them right now. And I also thought, you know, she had said in a prior episode with Deborah when they were watching the NBA about how her dad loved basketball and he always wanted to just sit, make her sit and watch it. And she yeah. never wanted to because and then she thought, well, and now that he's gone, she's like, what an asshole. I couldn't spare like two hours to just sit and watch basketball with my dad. And that seemed like a regret for her. So I felt like this was a moment definitely for Ava of growth where she yeah. she does just sit and, with yeah. her mom and watch Pretty Woman. And yeah. that's a start. Yeah. You know, that's something. And, and her mom too. Because her yeah. mom, as if even though it doesn't make sense, 
the truth is she needs to be there four hours early and she yes. decides to not be there yeah. four hours early, which is a big, it sounds dumb, but it's a yeah. big sacrifice for someone, hey, I'm waving my hand, who needs to be yeah. at places, especially the airport four hours early. Me too. So Me too. that's a big deal. And yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. so, so well done. My God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh boy, God! Then we get into the final two. Yeah, I don't have so I don't I have things uh, grouped by theme, not episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. How the themes wrap up? I wanted to talk about Jimmy's split, uh, split decision. Yeah, split second decision. His Jerry Maguire moment. Well, he had lots. Yeah, so we can talk about the whole the whole arc if you Mm -hmm. want. But yeah, this is it was very Jerry Maguire. Very Mm -hmm. and Jerry Maguire gone. All sorts of wrong. I mean, it was exactly. amazing. I was loving Kayla. No, no, you stay. No. Yes. No, it was Jerry Maguire only a million times funnier and better because yeah. Kayla is not little, Re- you know, Renee Zellweger mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Like she's like hilarious. Although I guarantee, and I'm not going to Aspen with you. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I can't wait though. At the end of this season, I don't have much crystal ball. Because mm-hmm. I cannot fucking get ahead of these geniuses. But if they don't do some version of You Complete Me. <laughs> That's good. You're right. right. You're right. By the uh-huh. end, I will be very yes. sad. It's just something. And they'll do it in their way, but I, it's got a track. I'm loving yes. it. Loving it, loving it's it, loving so it. so good. I mean, after his speech, she's like, I mean, even so in, hot. Yeah, but even in like the... The scene, I think they're in the elevator in Jerry Maguire when she's like, well, I can, you know, we basically it's Renee Zell- Zellweger that's going to keep them afloat for a while. And it's obviously mm-hmm. the same as with Kayla, too. I yeah. mean, it's so brilliant. It is so brilliant. The set, It's not a send up because they're not making fun of Jerry Maguire, but they're using it and they're using our familiarity with it. I think we talked about this and I was very harsh with normal people. There are ways to evoke something iconic but also make it your own in normal people Mm -hmm. there were moments I felt that felt fell short for me that they Mm -hmm. did use it and it evoked the past but it didn't feel like I music yeah and I don't think they I didn't get their piece of it this is a master class in that they evoked Mm -hmm. the old they didn't shy away from this is exactly what we're trying to make you think of but also Mm -hmm. made it entirely Entirely their own. I'm giddy. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I can't. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. I love those too. Yeah. But Jimmy's moment. Yeah. You know, they really, uh, Jimmy is a kind of a, a good guy, right? Whatever that really yes. means. But, mm-hmm. you know, he put in a recycling basket. They called him Captain Planet. <laughs> you oh, know, like. I know. He is yeah. always doing the right thing, always trying to not be dude bro-ish. It's just not mm-hmm. who he is. It's also not, also not who he wants to be. I mean, sure, he could probably do it, but he doesn't want to. He wants right. to be more true to himself. Which he, I think in Hollywood, we're supposed to believe based on this, is a real aberration. It is. I, mean, I agree. So, yeah. which, yeah. So, and that he has always felt a little other in yes. a way. Even though his, he's clearly been in this business or his father had the company. So in that sense, you, like Kayla, you know, they both, in a sense, got handed things or, you know, had access and ability to get into this business of what they're doing. Yeah. But 
they do it in their own way. Yeah. And, and that way is different than than the norm you know, yes the culture yeah yes the norm. yes exactly we should remind but, everyone that paul downs who wrote this is jimmy yes just you know yes. in case in case people don't know the actor He's playing part, it is the creator and part of the, the creative mind yes. Mm-hmm. yes but so they've poor they've painted this amazing portrait of him as such a good guy and then when it comes down to it he does something truly disgusting yeah yeah mm-hmm Truly someone's disgusting. <laughs> someone's not dead. Yeah. To save the show. Yeah. To save the bit. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I that I moment was amazing. And I was he per- walks back in and it was perfect. You're like, oh. he's like, he's ah! Yes. <laughs> yes. He like cheers and claps. And I don't know how a person could do something so disgusting. And I was like, so happy. <laughs> Right. I was like, I was like almost tearing up, like proud of him for doing something so gross, which I don't excuse me, writers. What have you done to me? You're scrambling my brain. Why is that? okay? it's amazing (sighs) because somehow we believe that he's doing the right thing for the most part, except you're right in that moment. There's no other explanation. There's no that is not the right thing. No. That was in any selfish. It, it's beyond and in the best it's interest prob- of him and, and Deborah. Deborah. And it's beyond, uh, like, it, of all the unforgivable things that people have done on the show. I think that's probably the worst. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. It's it's pretty bad. He's, it's pretty bad. The, yeah. the man died. Yeah, the died. man died, and you celebrated yeah. and lied and said that he was alive. Yeah, but you know, it comes. I think we root for it because I mean I you know why because yeah. you know the the other agent who'd been trying to, who, who had poached all his clients had just gone in there and put the big sell job on Deborah and you're you know that you know he's made all these sacrifices for Deborah and might and because he was doing the right thing and standing up for her to the to the all those people around the table right. And he still might lose is yeah. what I right before this. You're thinking, oh, my God, because Deborah took that meeting with that woman. I mean, she didn't invite her in, but she didn't. She wasn't like, get the hell out of here. Jimmy's my guy. Yeah. No, not you know, at not all. Not beforehand. Not so you're thinking at that point, oh, my God, is he even going to lose Deborah after all he's yeah. sort of done for her? Yeah. So I think I could have I definitely could have excused it based on survival he really is like they have yeah. set him up i mean he is yeah nothing he's going to be nothing if he loses deborah he is going to be nothing and mm-hmm. so there was a survival element to it i think that really worked but i think for me the reason why i was actually cheering was and it this is why i love having these conversations you can be he was almost robotic in his quote unquote mm-hmm. goodness right? He was just always doing the right thing without any context, without any context of like, what does the person in front of me need from me? He never cared what anybody else needed from him. It was all about, this is my persona. This is who I am. These are the things I do. And I'm always going to choose the right thing, always, because that's just who I am. But it's robotic. And it's not, this was a moment of humanity. How they managed to fucking make a moment of humanity out of the least humane thing ever, like lying about a dead guy, is amazing. But it did. It was a real moment of humanity where he was like, 
I'm in the real world. I'm looking at Deborah Vance. She is my person in some way. And I, my mm-hmm. job is to protect her the way a, ch- yes. a parent might protect a child. Like it was high at, fucking at stakes. At any cost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. At, at any, any cost. cost. And that was, he made that decision. And I was. Cost of his goodness or niceness or whatever his persona is you're right so good yeah so so good good. so good I'm like gritting my teeth this is one of those shows we've talked about on author interviews some things inspire you to like you know like I want to do something as good as this this one is one of the very few where I'm like like forget it just pack it up I can never do this No, so that is too good. good. I mean, I guess too good. I guess they have three people, so I'll say that. I need to find. Uh, that's two, yeah. Right? Okay, There's, we need a few more. Yes, we need a few more. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. And and, and yeah. yeah. So him and Megan Stoller, the actress who plays Kayla, I just it was all great. every scene they're in together. I thought this season so even more so than. Than last season, obviously, there's more of an arc there with the two of them. But oh my god, so good! And the lines that she has mm-hmm. when she we're gonna both swing our dicks around <laughs> so when good. she gets on the the shit that comes out of her mouth is just it's so good, so funny. It is, mm-hmm. and it's such. And a, she's like, and do you, but they're yeah. like, sorry, in that moment where she's like trying to scream at that other agent, and then she's, of course she gets hung up on. Yeah. And he's like, Jesus, like, what'd you do now? And she's like, Oh, you're hungry. Let's have lunch. Yeah. You're a little hangry. You're hangry. And he's like, I am. And then he's like, I am a little hungry. It's like they do. She does get him. Yeah. It's just it, the dynamic is so great. It works. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And she is a more nuanced character, uh, even though she's a kind of a character. Yes. There's nuance there. There is there the, is. she's not just a spoiled brat. I mean, a spoiled brat would be a home on, you know, on a yacht. And she mm-hmm. is at least putting up the the face of trying to work and have a job and also like be involved. And, and, and she, she stands up to her dad, daddy's money. If she was such a spoiled brat, she wouldn't yeah. walk out. And then when she makes that point to him in the elevator, like how good is it that what message does it send if the boss's daughter even quit with you? Yeah. Like she made, and he's oh, like, yeah. that's actually a good yes. point. I mean, yeah. she's, that's a smart point. Yep. So, you know? Oh, so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. But there's so much to talk about. What else? Okay. So what else in terms of the last two? Well, yeah, I mean, before I, well, I mean, yeah, we can I mean, just get to what, the end. how things wrapped up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I guess we get Marty back. Yeah. So there we get a little bit of that, which is a small point. But, you know, we had said when we watched up the finished season one, what did we want for season two? And I think I wanted more Marty and Deborah. Didn't get that, but that's okay. Yeah, because I think they're setting up. Yeah. Yes. 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 But that moment of the Kandinsky, we want to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Was such another. See, this to me, this season was all about Deborah seeing other narratives she had mm-hmm. been now she's not gonna yeah. really change hers dramatically yet but she's seeing them and I think that's the first step actually we just talked about it with Katie Gutierrez on more than you'll ever know how even exposure to other narratives is the first part because you're like you don't even know that there are other ways to look at the same thing and so that has been a consistent theme her Deborah's eyes opening to a different way of being yeah and that's the first step to change epi- yeah yeah I was gonna say remember in episode one there I'm mean, season one there was literally that episode that, that was called like something with your eyes remember she had her eyes done oh yes she actually yes could see and that's exactly right this is a moment she'd been seeing 
one thing with Marty, mm-hmm. this narrative of he goes for the younger woman. It was the always what he did. It was her defense mechanism too or her explanation for why they're not together. You know, even though she would say she doesn't necessarily want to be with Marty, but it was easy for her to say, well, he only likes younger women. Yeah. And that's why in the first episode of this season we talked about once she actually saw him with an older woman a woman of his age and her age yeah she couldn't speak she was rendered speechless yes and so now we finally get back to that at the end and now she's got to find talk about a new narrative now she needs to make uh metamucil jokes and old person jokes you know she does quickly pivot she does um, with the material does it's so good and she's no longer speechless at least i guess is my point so she's seeing the narrative differently and she's actually able to you know joke about it but it 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 shakes her this whole idea that he's gonna marry this woman but but yeah yeah, a hundred percent and also just the painting itself what yeah. does she do? She outbids him, spends way too much money. We yeah. know this is really kind of valued at somewhere in the five to six range. And she ends mm-hmm. up paying $800,000 for it. And what does she say? I like I leverage. leverage. Mm-hmm. And they negotiate. It's fine. They work on it. And then he basically says, yeah, I would have given, given it to you for free. If you had just, just asked, mm-hmm. she can't. She can't be vulnerable. She can't ask for a favor. She only relies on herself. I guess though, yeah, Mm -hmm. she only relies on herself and she can't be that vulnerable and ask for a favor from someone who... Who she's known for years and is close with. She should be able to. If there's anyone in this world she could ask a favor of, it would seem to be him and... She doesn't feel like she can. She doesn't feel like she's in that place. And Or maybe she just can't be vulnerable. Maybe she could have asked for a favor when she was headlining every night, but now but she now can't. Now she feels in a different spot. Yes. She thinks she has to have something on him. Yes. Like, over him. Leverage. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, also, the wait is a little pretty oh. woman. Now, oh. yeah, they, oh, I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. They're so good. Right? A little pretty woman. The negotiation between Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, when, mm-hmm. when you know, they're bartering over the price of her week with him. You know, she's like mm-hmm. four, eight, eight, six nights, seven days, two, blah, 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 4,000, 2,000. And she mm-hmm. says, I would have stayed two. Yeah. And I, and he says, I would have paid four. And so. Yes. Oh. It's so true. Yes. Oh, so my gosh. It's basically and then we the just get that one little line too between Marcus and her where we find out that he actually right. proposed, proposed. To Right. So that's what I was going <gasps> to say. Yeah. Not only is, narr- is Deborah seeing new narratives, now we are getting new narratives as the viewers to have that dropped on us the way it was so yeah so casually as it should be because we all know bad writing is well remember when marty proposed to you he really did like you you know like they would have been (laughs) badly written dialogue it would have been why didn't you do that well and all she says back is Oh, that, you know, that wasn't real. Right. You know, that wasn't real. Right. Which is Which, so and Marcus Deborah. comes back, well, the diamond was. Yeah. Also. So now we know. Yeah. Wait a second. That was serious then. So good. To your point. You didn't have to say it. Just, well, the diamond was means, oh, this was serious. Oh, yeah. Ring. Serious. A ring was involved. That's a proposal. Right. Yeah. So that was serious. And then she just says, well, you know, I had to prioritize my business. Yep. 
uh, which is the old. I mean, yeah, that's Deborah, and that is getting tired to her. She's like, I'm tired of having yeah. that be the answer, and it was. It's true. It's true. Yes. That was mm-hmm. always what she had to do, and now she's like, maybe I'm tired of this narrative. Maybe I don't have to do mm-hmm. that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so mm. fucking good. Okay. Uh, so Jerry Maguire and Pretty Woman, two of my favorite movies, just being weaved everywhere in here, but also yeah. completely original. Nothing mm-hmm. evokes it, but uses it as its own, not stealing, not oh, so good. What what else? What else? I'm like, I'm dying to get to the end, but yeah, you know, keep yeah well, there's well, so I don't much. Know. Her show, I don't know if there's anything with the show. I think we've talked about it, what her actual special, the taping of the special. Yeah. I mean, I did love that. I love that line from it where she talks about taking up space because mm-hmm. that was new. You know, because every time they show bits from her act, you get little different parts of it. I yes. mean, we do know the certain themes that are coming through regardless. Yeah. And, but but I love that you get different parts. And this one, when she's finally on stage at the Palmetto and it's being taped, she says, I take up too much space in every room I'm in. I'm on my, on my tour bus, on the icons float at the Vegas Pride Parade. But I love taking up space, which is painfully ironic because, as we've established, I'm a high-functioning anorexic. But, but the, before she gets to the punchline, which is, you know, the high-functioning anorexic, when she's talking about taking up space and I love taking up space – I don't, I'm not, I don't watch a ton of stand-up, but so Deborah Vance is kind of my guide here, but I love that she says those, so many of those lines, and it's not just here, it's throughout the season when she's doing her, her stand-up. They're so, those seem somewhat vulnerable, and she seems like she's being vulnerable and serious, and before you get to, so you're almost like, oh God, is she, is she gonna, like, if you were in the audience, you'd be like, this is getting kind of serious here. Like, what is happening? Exactly. And then there's the punchline. Yes. But she delivers those with with vulnerability, those lines. And I think it's what she said to DJ at the end, which is, I don't know why it's always been easier for me to tell things to strangers. Mm-hmm. And so she actually does, I think, find moments of vulnerability on stage, yes. which seems odd, although I've heard other people talk about this i've heard like other comedians or other performers like that there's and it makes sense because one-on-one forget it that's that's vulnerable that's where i feel exposed when i'm up on stage i mean you feel it's you almost feel bulletproof up there yeah you know and and she had said that you know i think in a in a prior episode about why she's able to to do things you know on stage that that you can't do one-on-one and so that I I thought I saw that perfectly in that scene when she's taping yeah definitely I I I need to ask a question Uh did you cry like did 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 you get choked up at all at the I did not no okay I no was no bawling 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 this is so this is my it's to my kids don't understand it but this is the shit that brings me to tears the like the humanity the underdog rising I cry every time and it's not just this show Survivor like any American Idol whatever it is it's oh I cry at these kind of things and the montage at the end of episode six of her like getting the jokes right talking about the form go get the formula then because breastfeeding is going to ruin her boobs the therapist with a tissue box and how she didn't even know oh 
these jokes are funnier. And as they get funnier, I'm crying. I'm like crying harder with each beat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh Mm -hmm. my God. And my kids are always like, why do you cry? And I'm like, I cry because I'm happy. It's like the humanity of it, the vulnerability, the, the idea that we could be ruined and also somehow be perfect and that how that comes through just makes me cry I cried so I mean I was crying to the point where I had to drink water I was like I'm oh yeah. my gosh so oh my god in the best way in the best yeah. way and that was right. really unexpected because I was watching the first few episodes of this season and I don't I didn't cry at all during the first season and I was watching the first few and I'm like this is so good it's really good I love it but it's always going to be a little bit surface. It's never going to go as deep as, you know, something else. It's, you know, and I blamed it on it's 30 minutes, it's comedy. And then, man, did they fucking crush me in like episode mm-hmm. six and seven as she's kind of rising back up. I was crushed. I cried multiple times to the point of dehydration. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so I love it. Good. I love so it. Yes, good. so you agree. Yeah, yeah, the vulnerability comes out even in these <sighs> yeah, in these moments. In, yeah. It and she does it so in her Deborah Vance way as you were saying. Like she isn't going to do a sit down confessional Oprah, you know, interview. This is going to be I'm going to lead you really directly to the soft spot and then I'm going to Make a joke. Make a joke. And it doesn't, yes. it no longer feels like armor. It no longer feels like protection. It feels like Deborah Vance. It's just, yes. it's just exactly. what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And obviously the whole point of this season and her act was to be more, more truth telling, tell her story. So it's yeah. naturally, I think this season, yeah, more vulnerable. Yeah. On well, stage. but you know, truth versus vulnerability, because she always I had know. been really honest. She had talked about the yes. worst thing that ever happened to her. I'm using that in air quotes. Yes. All, constantly. Mm-hmm. But she had talked right, about it right. with no vulnerability. She was making herself the butt of the joke in the first season. Yes. And that's what Ava was trying to get her here to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the truth yeah. was, it wasn't the worst thing that happened to her. The worst thing that happened yes, to her was losing, to, was the, losing late the late night, night. show. Mm-hmm. That was. The worst yeah. thing. For her. Yes. Somebody else, yes. it might be your sister running off with your husband. But for her, right. all she cared about was her career and building it. And she got the the golden apple of all golden apples. And then it was taken mm-hmm. away from her. And that was yeah. devastating. Yes. That's, More so That is other. honest. The other is true. Mm-hmm. And that was honest. And that, mm-hmm. it's, it's. It, it works it works yeah it does yeah it does yeah so the end well so the last beat I guess I meant to talk about it when we talked about how in buddy stories they can't really explore sexuality they also do it with Ava Ava yeah is a much more obvious sexual being in this I think this season than than last but we're starting to see I don't know about you I'm starting to see a pattern it is mm-hmm. more about self-esteem. It is more about, you know, forgetting, ignoring things than it is about processing. Whereas for Deborah, her moments of sexuality often bring real true vulnerability. And it's almost the opposite for Ava. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't know if that was an age thing too, but. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Do you think? Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. Like, like maybe someone of in the mid twenties is is having more, you know, sexual experiences that are just that that are maybe not going to be some big vulnerable, you know, eye opening experience. That they are more exploring, experimental, trying to figure out what you what you like, yeah. what you're into. You yeah. know, whereas Deborah at her age, it's a slightly slightly different experience. Really, the one night stand. That was yeah. That's not exploring. That, she well, didn't have is, to be vulnerable. No, she didn't. But I think that that was so revelatory to her. I mean, that's not something that sort of happens to Deborah every day. And I think that caused her to kind of have a moment. Whereas maybe with Ava, this is unless you're saying you think Ava just can't. I think it's personalities. I think it's yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's what we call damage, right? Like like yeah. what's your damage, Heather? Not in a mm. actual well, whatever. Yeah. You know, like what's your damage, Heather? Well that's part of yeah. that's each of their damage. And mm-hmm. it is the, when Deborah is and I, I don't think it matters. I, I think we saw those vul- moments of vulnerability with Marty in the first season and I we I felt, I won't speak for you, that maybe they were like the real match. Like maybe they were the real yeah. deal. And that, uh, yeah. I, I still actually believe that. But yeah. I also see that it is when Deborah is connected physically, that's the only time she can be vulnerable. Because I don't think that guy in the bar was her soulmate. <laughs> no. But no. yet, it she was able to be vulnerable. And that is just, I, I think that's how she can do that. And mm-hmm. and Ava's the opposite. It's how she refuses yeah. to connect. It's how she disconnects. Disconnects. Yes. I don't know. I don't. No, that that's true. And then so, where does Ava find her vulnerability? Because I, yeah. it's definitely not in physical connection. I think she's figuring that out still. Yeah. I yeah, think exactly. she's figuring that out mm-hmm. still, and I think it will be in the. S- the acts of selflessness that she will develop and that she's even starting Mm -hmm. to develop a little bit here you know because there's there's the example of the having to go to LA from Vegas which she had to do they they mirrored that from the first season the first season she lies and she says she has a Mm -hmm. doctor's appointment and Mm -hmm. she's going for an interview this time she's honest about it from the start and Deborah says go which was a big move on Deborah's part. And then the big move on Ava's part was losing. And and we see she's doing well. You know, if Ava's all about her career and all about making those choices to further her career, which she always has been, Mm -hmm. which we get through Ava herself, but also through Deborah, like we see Mm -hmm. them being similar or we're told that they're similar, which we see too. Then her leaving that as she's, crushing it by the way she hands a joke you know yeah. we see that little clip yeah. of she's crushing it on this set yeah but I think then she's like well I'm crushing it I should just go be where I'm supposed to be and yeah. that's yeah. her moment of vulnerability when she can put somebody else's feelings ahead of hers that's exactly right in, in a yes when, in a little cause, way because that's how they when she says you're just like me mm-hmm. in in episode two it's just she, she calls her selfish and you're right for each of them they are selfish. Yeah. And, and their careers matter more than anything else. And they've set exactly. up their lives that way. They're both alone. They're both, you know, yep. yeah. And so they've mm-hmm. set up their lives that way. And I, yeah, I, and the growth for each of them is taking small acts like this where they put someone else first. Mm-hmm. Or And you're right, in that moment, it was Ava leaving that job and coming back to be with Deborah. And, and that 
when she does come back and she stands next to her in the dressing room right before she goes out i mean it's it it's a, i can still see the mm-hmm. image of so sort of her standing over her and yeah she's so happy when she yeah. sees her Deborah yes. is it's sort of like she doesn't say this no she's Deborah she's not like you came back mm-hmm. you know but but it was a big deal a big moment and yeah and Ava knew that and she honored it and Deborah knew it when she saw her and mm-hmm. it was yeah it was great it was good yeah yeah so then so there's this whole she's like Deborah wants to take control of the narrative again she's like I am this is not even, I don't even want a headline at the Palmetto anymore. Meadow mm-hmm. anymore. She's like, I want this to be a Netflix special. I want this to be mm-hmm. a, a, you know, I want big. everyone to, to yes, yeah. we're going to LA. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she is going around trying to sell it and people are interested and they are genuinely interested. And also there's part of the mandate, right? Like, sure, mm-hmm. get an older yep. woman up there. That's that's diversity in its best great we've checked two boxes the woman box and the old box you know like it's like it's terrible Mm -hmm. but also rings true true and so Mm -hmm. they are all excited about it but but they're also like you know this is great and all but you're not gonna appeal to a big audience and so we're gonna throw in your micro budget (laughs) yeah yeah and so you Mm -hmm. think you're hot shit and you are the hottest shit for geriatric women in comedy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So exactly. congratulations. You're numero uno in our you micro. You can have a half hour. Yes. Uh, yeah, and a half as hour part in our of micro our, budget. And, and as part of a whole series, series. of other mm. micro Directed budget Directed by people. a guy. Yes. Even though she wants yeah. her older speaking of geriatric yeah. women her older female friend to direct it and of course at that one meeting the woman's like mm. oh my god elaine yeah. i haven't heard that name in forever yeah. meaning she's old and a husband right. and yeah, we'll so, put yeah, that on the list the circ- we'll put that on the list yeah, yeah. which means elaine it's not Carter, gonna happen sure. yeah yeah so that's what she's up against yeah and she realizes she's up against this and then Marcus comes in with the news about Louis C.K. He didn't. He had a fan base. He had subscribers. She doesn't have any. And then she gets the brilliant idea. Oh yeah, I have people who will listen to me. I have. I know where people come for me. QVC. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. sells the DVDs on QVC. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Called My Bad, by the way. I wish I thought it was great. <laughs> yes. And my it had bad. the script. It was almost like Michael Jackson's bad. It was like My Bad. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they sell out and she's a huge uh, success in that way. And then, of course, because she is a proven success, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. other streamers want to jump on it. And they're like, and I love it in her speech. She's like, thank, there's no risk whatsoever once that was completely <laughs> yeah. gone. Yeah. 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 She's like, thank you for the networks for taking a chance on me. You know, after I took a chance on myself and completely proved to be successful. Yeah. So, and that there yeah, was no, exactly. no risk whatsoever. There was no risk at all. But No, seriously. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. So then they take her on and she oh and she has a moment see these are these are the things where I'm like she Jimmy calls her to tell her the good news that she's gonna be streaming and you can see it's really affecting her and she's like all right great I got I'm in the middle of a meeting goodbye right so she's still Deborah but we also get to see she's really affected she's in sitting there alone hangs up the phone and she's overcome yes and we know she's not in the middle of a meeting she's just kind of doing her persona and but she's but she's also touched. Whereas I think in the before, and that's the growth. Because before she would have been like, I'm in a meeting. She may have actually been in a meeting or not, but she would have 
you know, just glossed right over it. She wouldn't have let mm-hmm. it sink in how much she'd overcome and what she's doing yeah. and, and how important yeah. it was to her and to acknowledge that and to really be there in that moment. She would have never done that, yes. and now she did. And no. so she's still I herself, but she's different, and that I moment. love it. Yes. Love it. Mm-hmm. The new Deborah. Yeah. And then we also see with Ava, too, when she at, at her streaming party, when Ava's wearing that horrible dress that she bought the for dress. her. Yes. I know. Yeah. yeah. It was very sweet. I thought that was very sweet on, on everyone's part. Yes, very much so. Growth in every direction. But little, sometimes it's just the little things, right? Yeah. It's just the little Mm -hmm. things. And that's why, as you use the term many times, masterclass Mm -hmm. in the writing, just these small things that land and tell you so much about how how they've changed. Yeah. So were were you shocked when she fired her? I was shocked when she fired. Although... The moment before she fires her, when she just had finished her speech, and she sees Ava out in the audience talking with some execs who are now coming up to her, and you know, you, you can tell Ava's now going to get some attention. Yes. You see the look in Deborah's eyes, which is like, this is jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah. And like, oh, this is now, well, also that, and just like, this is, yeah, this is her time mm. now. And so I shouldn't have been so shocked, I feel like, from from that moment. But I was. I was. Yeah. Um, I was because of the way she did it. I thought she was going to be jealous and act out and be like, you got to get, I got to, you got to get away from me because I need to build this on my own. And I, I'm mm-hmm. the star here, it, not you. Yeah. I don't share the spotlight. But it wasn't. But it, wasn't. Mm-hmm. it really was like, I know you won't do this. I have to like push you out of your comfort zone and that means letting you go and I don't love it though because I'm like it is a I think there is she does deliver it well I actually believe it I truly believe she's doing something more selfless than Deborah Vance ever would but I can't believe that there isn't also a little bit of like a little bit of old a little bit of old Deborah Vance I don't need anybody else you know Oh, get get out of here I don't need you I'm gonna do this on my own and so I do think it's it's hard because Ava needs to be on her own to grow but Deborah needs Ava to grow and so I'm like I don't think this is the right oh. thing yeah oh that's so interesting I think you're probably on to something there I was really buying the I bought um, it too. I'm not. Yeah, I, yeah, I do believe. Yeah. I I believe it was truly genuine for fake characters, fake people. The, right? But yes, like, I the, self, I, the the selflessness. Yes, you totally at, buy her 100%. believing that. I told you, you're just like me. You have your own mountain to climb. Yes. You need to do this. And yeah. she's right. There's a codependency happening. Mm-hmm. Ava had was starting to make decisions totally based around Deborah, yeah. and Deborah liked that, and she needed her. Yeah. But I think. Yeah, you're. It's interesting. Do you think? Yeah, to think whether there is a little part of Deborah, the old Deborah, mm-hmm. that's, that's also like, yeah, yeah, that's also like again, or pushing people away yes. when, yeah, when they need her too much. Yeah, and yeah, there probably is. I think so. Yeah, so a little bit of that, even though, I think you are agreeing that it, I do believe it is the right thing for Ava. Mm-hmm. 
at this moment yeah. because like she said like you're the one with all the stories yeah. she did she does such they do such a good job of point of deborah pointing out to ava like you've lost your own voice yes what about that thing you were writing yes. what about this you know well you're the one with all the stories what do i even have to say yeah. and deborah's like that's what you you gotta go that's find what you need to figure, figure out, out. Yeah. i i found my voice and you helped me find mm-hmm, my voice mm-hmm. that's what you did for me so i have to do the same thing for you yeah but yeah, maybe there is though. In addition to that, some small part of the when people get close to her, she pushes them mm-hmm. away. But I don't know that moment though. I felt like I said earlier that this was her truly, them truly seeing each other, or maybe Deborah truly seeing what what she needed. Yes. and putting someone else first. Yes. Like we're saying, this this was huge growth. That's what I yep. read. Like huge yep. growth, and that's why I called it a romance. I mean. You know, if if true love, you know, is putting someone else's needs first, then firing Ava is an act of that. And and if you love something, set, set it free. free. Yes. You know, that that trope. Yeah. But also for for Deborah, that's losing the person who helped her. Mm-hmm. You know, find the success and happiness, and that's scary for her too. So I felt like that was also her being vulnerable, and yeah. I just loved, I loved it. And then the panic of Ava, like, but. When will I see you again? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing where I'm like, Deborah, do you have to be so, you know, maybe that's, this is the, the me. It's like, couldn't there be like, couldn't she find her way? But also mm-hmm. you guys could still work together a little bit. You know, I don't like to end things, as you know, well, very well. I think Deborah could. Yeah, but Ava, Ava can't. can't. And Deborah yeah, knows that. Know. And Deborah knows that. And Deborah yeah, knows know. that. And that you gotta is. got to cut it off. Yes. You got to cut her yeah. off, you know. Yeah. I'm like, will we see each other again? Yeah, in court, which I thought was funny. And speaking of that, like, I thought that joke or line, storyline, little bit of her suing was, I don't know, you know, throughout, I was sort of like, all right, I guess that's just Deborah. And they do make a big deal of, you know, everybody just sues everybody. And it, it was funny, but also kept attention. Rich but, people. Yeah. Sue each other. Rich people. Yes. Yes. But it really delivered for me that little storyline at the end because that's the way right here where she says you'll see me in court which is meaning it would be a way to keep them connected a little bit and then in that final scene when she hears from Jimmy and he tells Ava that she dropped the lawsuit and it then becomes the, the that she's lost the one tie that she has to her which is, is so devastating to Ava and so that's when I thought the lawsuit storyline like really they worked that so well because now she's losing the one thing she had with her yes for Ava but I also thought it was such growth for her because for Deborah because it's the same as the it's the same as the Kandinsky like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be contentious you don't have to have leverage over people and that was I thought a more honest and vulnerable way of actually letting her go than than even then than the moment when she fired her because this is Mm -hmm. Deborah letting go of a part of herself which is yes. that this is how i how i will ensure how I control people exactly. and this is how i yeah i have leverage over people yeah. and she and let I that go and that let that go and i think the the delightful thing for us as viewers will be that we'll know when ava comes back it will be real it will be true mm-hmm. And Deborah will know that she will feel that instead of it being manipulated by her. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm interested to see how it's going to happen. Oh, but this also yeah. so your theory about maybe there's a small part of what she did, which is 
uh, motivated by I don't need anybody else. That final line, they're watching. So the final scene is the QVC. You know, you find out that Ava's watching Deborah on QVC. Oh, yes, <laughs> just yes. I know, just to like still have yes, a part of her yes. as she hears from Jimmy. Which, by the way, she hears great news from Jimmy. The the show you did the punch ups on wants to put you in the writers' Ava, room. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good news. She's dropped the lawsuit, so now Ava should be happy, yes. right? Because the things are happening yes. for her. But meanwhile, she doesn't seem that happy, and she's sitting in a room watching Deborah on QVC yeah. touting some dress that <laughs> that has a zipper thing that attaches mm-hmm. so that you don't can need pull anyone the else up your. Yes, and it was just that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This kind of goes with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. The last line is the woman on QVC is saying, you know, so you don't need anybody else. Yes, and yeah. so maybe there is a little of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and maybe, but now you just remind you just made me think that's how Ava will know. Ava will come back and say, "I saw that zipper thing. You do need someone else. You, you need do someone need else. you need me." Yes, and it just like yes. Ava, just like Deborah had to fire her because she knew Ava couldn't find her voice without her. Ava knows about Deborah that she thinks she doesn't need anyone else, and she does, and she needs to teach her that. So, oh, I need that lesson. Oh boy. <laughs> No, seriously. Oh. I am very Deborah on that front. So, well, in a lot of ways, yeah. but yeah. except in the way I'm like Ava because I can't float. So, well, yeah. actually, Ava did float. What am I saying? She actually did. Wow. So I good. Just, I, just, I just loved it. So I good. Loved I loved it, it so mm-hmm. much. I mean, I know I'm, I'm in the throes of the honeymoon period of love because I just finished watching it but I'm like I could throw all the superlatives at it like best show ever mm-hmm. can't believe they did season two was so much better than season one and they had a lot of pressure on them they knew mm-hmm. how successful season one was before they even started shooting season two and That's they right. had a lot of pressure and they could have cracked and they also could have done you know like a pancake it just like the first, you know, the first one out of the gates once you're successful, sophomore album slump, whatever it is. Like, no one, I don't think people had high expectations for season two. It just, I mean, in one right. way they did, but also like, all right, you knew there were almost two high expectations and it wasn't going to be good. I know I was ready to give this one a pass. I was like, I'll keep mm-hmm. watching it. If there's a season three, I'm expecting that to be the good one. Oh, no. Season two was excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I can't excellent. believe it was better than season one. And they have, like I said, they have a lot more ideas. They know where they want this to go. So <sighs> uh, I'm happy to more seasons. I'm happy to hear it. And I did not, I, although it did wrap up pretty nicely, I never mm-hmm. felt like this was the end. I feel like these two women no. have a lot more to do with each other. Right. A yeah. Lot. And and even though they're like we've talked about, I mean, what what really won this for me, which we've talked about the whole time is this growth yes. for each of them, growth that still felt, as you said, authentic to who they are. But there's still so much more, yeah. as you just pointed out, where we could see this going. Yeah. It's not as if, oh, they've grown. Yeah. Cool. Right. We're done. No. Yeah. No, there's they're done. a lot more story here to do I can see that yeah. by the way you just said who won and it made me think of the fact that I did we were not doing who won as no, a segment I know. I know but I did have a thought of who won for me it was Margaret Cho how about Margaret oh, Cho making yes. an appearance in two of our mm-hmm. favorite shows I know the, the I flight know. attendant she was in yeah. and then she made mm-hmm. a, a little appearance as the previous guest on the 
the lesbian cruise. It was amazing. Yep. Amazing. But, but on the flip side, Lori Metcalf as, oh, as we forgot weed. To, this thing. Amazing. But I felt, I, I know, but I, that I was going to say, but I, funny, but I wanted more of her yeah. too. But like kind of what you said earlier, you can't have, you know, yeah. there's only so much you can there's, do with, with there you is. know, there's 30 minute episodes and you have to know what to focus on. But what oh, a cameo. She was, she, there. I can't, I thank you for, I would have, if we had stopped recording and I hadn't mentioned that, I would have been devastated. Mm-hmm. She was so good. So funny. So good. It's weed. That's oh my God. And Pete Wentz, <laughs> when Pete Wentz calls me yeah. that, it just stuck. I think it's sticking because you're yeah. saying Pete Wentz did it. And how she sits exactly. upright and she tried, she ate the cream. Oh my, I thought it was dip. Oh my God. It's so oh, it good. Just, again, just she was, we do this whole thing and we leave that out. It would be. Yeah. I mean, they wrote her good stuff, but man, she, they, if what they wrote her was an A, she sold an A plus 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 plus. Right? Like Right, right. right it was right. she was fantastic. Fantastic. Oh god. Yeah. So good. So I can't wait for These more. Three. I know they haven't officially been picked up, but I I I would you know me, I'm so I'm like over the top. I'm like, I'll quit HBO Max. I, if you don't Yeah, I no, will show up I at just, their headquarters with signs. I need I hacks. Know, and I know you Exactly. And I know you said, well, maybe it's because there's three writers that this, mm-hmm. this much yes, brilliance yes, can come yeah. out. But but those three, I mean, I love these three. I mean, I know Paul and, and Lucia are married. And, you know, there's I, I personally think that that could be an interesting dynamic when then there's the third. Yeah. If you're Jen Stotsky and you're working, I think three could be hard in any mm-hmm. situation, yeah. the dynamic. And then you've got two that are married mm-hmm. and... But from all accounts of everything I've read and followed, I mean, it just sounds like such a special chemistry it does. between them. It does. And that's the magic is coming out of somehow this combo of these three. But, just, you know, I don't know. Now, <laughs> I could see how it could work in a weird way. It's not mm-hmm. dissimilar from and I'm going to mash up real life plus hacks plus plus the writers and Deborah Vance if you had a couple who works well mm-hmm. together and then you get a Deborah Vance type of I do everything alone mm-hmm. I'm not I don't know Jen in any way shape or form yeah, yeah, but right. if if you got that kind of third person as your third wheel I think that could work the person who thinks yeah. they need they always want to do everything alone but really shouldn't and then if there's any, you know, little bit of that he's, Paul Downs is a good supporter and that Lucia is like the star in some way. I, I see this dynamic very well. I see it. Yeah, sim- it's working. It's, so. it's not dissimilar to you, me, and producer Ian. <gasps> oh, it's not dissimilar. I don't think it is. Okay. But who knows? But but yeah. I'm just saying that's one way. If I put that, lay that on top of it, I could see how that could work because there's nobody vying for some. There's no competition. The married couple mm-hmm. is the married yeah. couple, and the other one mm-hmm. prefers to work alone anyway. I could see how that could yeah. really work. I could envision. So it's interesting because then you've got the fact also that Paul acts in it, which is a different angle in for him and Lucia directs a lot of them and you know Lucia was pregnant during this season I did season. not I did yeah. not yeah she went into labor <gasps> during it during it no and so during oh, yeah. what so 
during their when they were shooting the episode you know the episode after he quits jimmy and then shows up at deborah vance's side mansion in la and they're all in that room eileen whatever the director's name was and marcus and ava and and they're all talking about all the things that are basically going wrong about how it was like i think the end of seven one or six where it's like then the lights go out and she's like that's a bad omen like it basically looks like her self-funding is not gonna work everything's falling apart jimmy just quit and he walks in all like frazzled because he's he's quit well while they, he was frazzled in real life because his wife was in, was in labor. Oh they my woke gosh. up that morning. Okay. <gasps> he says that they woke up that morning and Lucia was like, so I've been having contractions since 2 a.m. And Paul Downs is like, oh my God, n- no. And she's like, I really want you to go in today. What? And she's like, as a producer, I know I knew how terrible it would be if he wasn't able to go that day. And then Paul Downs is like, and knowing how long labor can be and how often it's like a false start, she was like, go. And then she's like, it was not a false start. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, I and she says, I knew it wasn't a false start. Yeah. But she like convinced right. him of right. that so that he would go. Oh but she says, but I knew I could hold it off. How did how she knew that, I have no idea. And he says, you can see me not acting in the scene because I'm actually in duress. I am 100% that in duress. That is amazing. And, that know, is and amazing. And Jen Stotsky's like, well, creatively, it worked. Yes. You know, I mean, so, I mean, and then Jean Smart had even said, like, she was, that Lucia was, like, at home on her computer getting the feed, I guess, of the show, directing us between contractions. I kid you not, Jean Smart said, this woman is my idol about Lucia. So, yeah. So they were creatively birthing something and also (laughs) birthing something. Oh, my God. In real life. That is amazing. One last bit I want to say about that was also really a theme in this, which I found really interesting. Luck. You just brought it up. Mm -hmm. It's a bad Mm -hmm. omen that the lights went out. Also, there's the moment when... Janet and Jimmy are at lunch and she's like, let's cheers. And he's like, oh no, I only have water. It's bad luck to cheers with water. And then they cheers and immediately everything falls apart. Everything that their lunch Mm -hmm. had done, which was Jimmy trying to get Ava out of the email situation, that all falls apart. And then later, Deborah and Elaine want to shake on it and then she says it's bad to shake and she's like well this is all I got you know you take it or Mm -hmm. what but that Mm -hmm. one did not prove to be bad luck that although maybe it did because well yes yes. the heart attack yeah yeah. I mean I know it worked out but that was right before they go to tape the special and then and you see Elaine and the directing looks great she's up in the booth and and then what she's supposed to do with a guy having a heart attack (laughs) so that was I thought that was interesting I thought that was interesting and probably I don't know. I'm not in Hollywood, but I feel like that would be very on brand for people to be superstitious because Hollywood, by all accounts, is so unpredictable. Much about luck. And yep. it's mm-hmm. subjective. And it's just like, it's... It reminds you how you're worthless. Yeah, that was another line. Hollywood can yes. just in an instant remind you of how worthless yes, you are. But yes, right. also... But, and so yeah. you don't know when things are going to go and not go and start and stop and, you know... Or get picked yes. up or get... get Canceled. Get because of, right. yeah. and mm-hmm. And who knows? And it's, it's so whimsical and mercurial. And I could imagine then people involved begin to 
really rely on superstition and luck. And so I like that they added mm-hmm. that in. I wondered if that was a little bit of inside baseball. We need to get them on so we can talk about, oh, ask know. them that Well, stuff. if you yeah. do recall that, I mean, I've been thinking this the whole time as you're talking, yeah. I'm going to do this. You you know I did DM with Lucia, and I better get her name right. if I'm. And she said she'd come on with season two. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. remember yeah. my DMs? Yeah. I got to go back. That, that was yeah, so exciting. I'm, I'm, it was so, of course I remember. I that was thrilling. Thrilling. I mean, another little Hollywood thing that's really a Kate and Corinne thing, though, that we, <laughs> tiny thing we haven't mentioned, what? is how she goes to see a psychic yeah. and there's tarot cards yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's aura readings. Yeah. I mean, very LA, but. Yeah. But I would not necessarily have thought very Deborah, but Deborah's psychic. Is, yeah, she had been with her for twenty years or something. Yes, yes. I mean, she gives her stock tips, and then <laughs> she's like, "Is that insider trading?" And she's, she's like, "No, like, no, not this." But you've seen me do insider trading. That was so yeah, exactly. But I do think that's very LA and very Hollywood. But I don't know that I would have thought that right. was very Deborah Vance. Yeah. So I did love that that she's got had a psychic for twenty. And years. And then I and love how she fucking tarot. threw everything in the crystal shop, and she's like, "I'll pay for it." <laughs> Destroyed that crystal shop. <laughs> She obviously wasn't worried about that the bad luck. Deprivance. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I God. loved the show. I love it. It made me cry. Yep. It made me laugh. It was everything. It was fucking it better it's than everything. cats. We relate we related in different ways. I now learned that this is Deborah Vance is aspirational for you. Yes. And and I've got yeah. and the new Deborah Vance is aspirational, aspirational for you. For mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I can't wait for season three and hopefully in between an interview with the creators. Yes. So we're going to talk about yes. some of this stuff. All okay. right. Putting it out there, universe. Hi. Hello. Yay. <laughs>